Praise the Lord. There's a stranger in town. And he looks like no one I've ever seen before. There may be somebody in here who might be a stranger to Jesus. But he's not a stranger to you. He knows you. And he loves you. And he calls you by name. I pray that we all open up our ears to him this morning and let him speak to us in such an awesome way. And we'll be willing to follow him and let transformation happen in our lives. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we come to you right now to hear a word from you. And, Lord, we pray that you have your way with me, Lord, your speaker today to preach a word to us, your people. There may be someone who needs to hear a word of hope, a word of encouragement, a word of chastisement, a word of correction, a word of rebuke, Lord, whatever it is, you know. And Lord, have your way with me right now to preach your truth and make clear the gospel of Jesus Christ. In your son's name, Lord, I pray. Let all those agree. Say amen. The choice is yours. Tell somebody, the choice is yours. Tell somebody else, the choice is yours. There's a popular song in the 90s that came out that I really enjoyed. Uh, It was performed by a group called the Black Sheep. And they had this song saying, the choice is yours. And in the hook, they said, you can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. But I think you get with this because this is where it's at. And the choice you're choosing about where do I want to be and what am I looking to gain. And the choice is yours. And in the song, it's saying that the choice is, oh, you can choose what you want to get. We're talking about you can get with drugs or you can stay drug free. You know, they talked a lot of things and that you have a, ch- a choice to make. Uh, am I going to choose what is good or choose what is bad? Am I going to choose to do what's right or choose what is wrong? Am I going to choose to obey or choose to be disobedient? The choice is yours. Or maybe your choice may be like a telephone ring. You might have been there before you had one phone call and then somebody calls in on the other line. Now the choice is, are you going to click over or are you going to ignore that call? And, and you know your choice is depending on who you're talking to at that moment in time. You know, when you're first in love, can't nobody interrupt that conversation. Oh, they're going to have to wait, baby. I got you on the line. I've been waiting to talk to you all day. I'm not going to click over. They can wait. Or you look at the caller ID. You see it's that doctor report. You're like, oh, I've been waiting on this phone call. You got to hold. Or it might have been that that on the caller ID, that job you applied for. You said, wait a minute. (laughs) Job on hold. I got to pick this one up. Or maybe it might have been one of those bad calls, and it was from the hospital, and you knew somebody was in the hospital. And he said, well, wait a minute, I, I got to get this call. But still, the choice is yours. 
How will you respond to the call? How will you respond to the choice? Our text this morning in 1 Kings 19 chapter, verses 19 to 21, we're looking at Elisha and how he responded to the call. (laughs) The choice was his. In your life, you have to choose daily whom you're going to serve and what you are going to do. The choice is yours. Nobody is in your house oftentimes. If there is, I'm sorry you had that experience, but you don't have somebody telling you what to do when you wake up in the morning. The choice is truly yours. Am I going to get up or am I going to stay in bed? A lot of us had that choice this morning. It's raining. Got to understand if I stay home today. Some of you got out in the car, so I can't stand from the light, and I'm going to stay home. The, the choice is yours. Uh, while we were on vacation, I, I have motion sickness, and so because of my motion sickness, I'm fearful of getting on roller coasters because I'm scared of getting sick. I, I know I, I want to get on them, but I'm fearful what I'm going to have to deal with when I get, down, get off of them. So I conquered my fear by saying, I'm going to get up in the front row. And I was scared out of my mind, counting it down before the roller coaster took off. Bad boy took off. Woo! My adrenaline is rolling off, so I'm enjoying the journey. It feels good right now. Now think about when I get off. But when I get off, boy, it's like you're spinning around on that back. And you're supposed to run straight. Boy, I'm kind of wobbly there. My sister said, you all right? So I'll make it. And there's one more ride I had to get on. I knew I was going to wake myself up. I said, I need to get something to eat. I need to drink something. I got to get on this ride. And this, this next ride is, is crazy. It goes zero to 60 in two seconds. I was scared out of my mind. And you don't start up right. You start up spinning. You come out and you spin. You're upside down. You go upside down so many times I lost count. But I said, I'm going to get on this ride. The choice was mine. Did nobody force me? Did nobody make me? Even when I got to the point of getting on the ride, I had a choice to say, nope, I changed my mind. I'm going to turn on back and go back where I came from. But you had a choice to choose to experience something I never experienced before or hold on to what I already know. Tell somebody the choice is yours. Reading in the New Living Translation, uh, 1 Kings 19, chapter verses 19 to 21, we've it says, so Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Saphat, plowing a field. And there was 12 teams of oxen in the field. And Elijah was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elijah, Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said unto him, First let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye. And then I will go with you. Elijah replied, go on back. (laughs) But think about what I have done to you. So Elijah returned to his oxen, slaughtered them. He used the wood from from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. In this text, we, we find Elijah going to see Elisha. 
a little bit about Elijah. Elijah in this 19th chapter just went from a high to a low. He was depressed and, and was upset with his life. And he was thinking, God, I, 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 I should perish now because uh, Jezebel's going to get me. And, and God let him know, look here, son, I, I got you covered. I have 7,000 people who have bowed down to Baal. And, and your enemies, I, I'm going to have you anoint those kings that will kill those enemies. If those kings don't finish them, I'm going to send you to Elisha, and he'll take care of the rest. So Elijah gets up and goes seek Elisha. And he's walking by Elisha while Elisha's out there working in the field. And he just throws his mantle on him and he keeps on walking. Now, and now imagine now Elijah, Elisha's working hard on his job, on his vocation as a farmer. He has a large estate because you have 12 teams of oxen, you know, teams of oxen. You know, you yoke oxen together to get more strength. So he had, he had, so he had 24 oxen yoked up together. So he's working on the 12th one. So he might be almost done with his job and and yet Elijah just throws his mantle on and does not say a word to him and keeps on walking but look at the response of Elisha he stops what he's doing leaves the oxen there and chases after Elijah Elijah looks back to him and answers back to him saying what have I done to you <laughs> go back and think about what I've done to you, saying, look, look, basically with an interpretation, Elijah is saying, this is not me calling you. This is God calling you. You came running after me, but you're running after the wrong person. You should be running after God. I want to ask you, who are you running after? Some of us are running after the wrong thing. We think we were called by this or called for this or called for that. And we're running after these things and we're never satisfied, but we're still running. Elijah brings clarity to the calling. And in clarifying the calling, he clarifies too that it takes commitment in the calling. See, the choice is yours to be obedient or not. God does not force you to obey him. And nor will he force you to do so. You can look in the Bible and see plenty of times he allowed them to be disobedient. <laughs> it's your choice. There's blessings and there's curses. You could choose what you want to receive. You want to receive the blessings by obedience? Fine. You'll be blessed. You want to be cursed? Fine. Be disobedient. You'll see the curses. You can see it over and over and over again. I'm glad that God does not force us. Why? Because it helps me appreciate him even more. Think about it. How does it feel when somebody is forced to apologize to you? Feels empty. Because there's nothing there. You said the kids, say you sorry. I'm sorry. Wait till I get outside though, right? That's what they're, that's what they're thinking. You know, we have the choice. God wants full commitment in your obedience. He said he wants you to worship him in spirit. And in truth, he wants all of you. If you're lukewarm, the Bible says he'll spew you out of his mouth. Uh, if you're either for him or against him, he wants you hot or cold. But if you're lukewarm, he'll get rid of If you're cold, you're not in him. But if you're hot, hallelujah, you're in him. He wants you to make up your mind. The choice 
is yours. Looking at Elisha, I want you to see some principles here about how he responds to the obedience. See, he responds to the call, and by him responding to the call, look at what he is doing. He chooses to surrender everything that he has. Look, look, he receives a mantle on him, and he stops what he's doing and says, you know what, I'm going to let go of all this. To go accept this calling. So, which tells us that Elisha is familiar with the, with the prophe- prophecy and, and, and for prophets and calling. That he's a little bit familiar with the school of the prophets. As it is a tradition that they will lay their mantle on their successors. So, Elisha can hold up to this. That I am now a farmer, but God has called me to be a prophet. I will accept this call. I choose to surrender my known life. Was it that you're cho- not choosing to surrender? <laughs> Look what Elisha could have held on to, uh, his large estate, uh, his great servants, uh, living with his mother and his father, all of his known loved ones that he had, uh, a lot of convenience there, a lot of comfort there, uh, a lot of things that he could take care of, and, and yet he is, he's willing to live the, leave the convenience to become inconvenience. He's willing to live the, the comfortable to become uncomfortable. He's, leave, he's willing to leave the common to find the uncommon. See, we sometimes get caught up thinking I'm serving God because we do what we like, but God is oftentimes calling us to step out of our comfort zone and experience truly depending on him, going places you've never gone before, doing things you've never done before but again the choice is yours I would never know what it would have been like to be on a roller coaster if I chose never to get on but I conquered that fear and by me conquering that fear it helps me to conquer other fears of my life See, a lot of us are doing the same thing. We take the same route every day to work. We, we eat the same meal every morning for breakfast. We make sure we have our cup of coffee at this specific time. We make sure we watch our favorite shows at this specific time. But if somebody messes up our equilibrium, if somebody messes up our schedule, if somebody messes up our agenda, we lose our minds. We lose control. We might act foolish enough like those people in that cigarette commercial. How, how can you start your morning without your cigarettes? You, you Burn yourself with your iron. You, you drop an egg on the, on the oven, not on the skillet. You, you don't know how to back out your driveway. But when you trust God enough, you realize that you thought you had it under control. But it was God that had it all this time. So when you truly let go, you're truly becoming a winner. When you truly surrender, you really understand victory. Elisha was at that moment, at that time, holding on to what he knew. But he was willing to let go. He's willing to let go, and he's willing to fully commit. Because as he was surrendering, he said, Lord, my life, as I know it, is a farmer. But you have called a drastic change in my life to become a prophet. All I know is how to take care of this oxen in this field. But you're calling me to do some things that I have not done before. Because this man that just played this mantle on me, God, uh, he's the one that prayed on the mountain and the rain stopped. Uh, we've never seen this before. 
He prayed again. The rain started. God, he's the one that killed all them, them ugly false prophets from Baal, that those good for nothing that was cutting themselves thinking that God falls asleep, <laughs> thinking that God cannot hear them or see them. So they cried a little bit louder. They thought if they just did this that maybe he might hear them. But Elijah knew, God, that you never sleep nor slumber. slumber. And God, you're more than able to do anything but fail. And, and I, you're calling me to be like him. I, I don't know anything about this. But since you've called me, I'll follow. What's the calling God's placed on your life? What's laying heavy on your heart? What has he put down on you that you haven't chosen to surrender to? Elijah had a choice. He could have kept on plowing. Let Elijah pass on by. I said, hmm, I'm just going to place this mantle to the side and finish my job. God is, interrupts our lives. Because he has something better. Your best is not behind you. When God is before you, your best is before you. The children of Israel understood this. He led them by cloud by day and fire by night. And he was leading them into the promised land. Behind them was their enslavery and their bondage and, and their oppression. But before them was their liberty and a land of milk and honey, a, a place of success, a, a place of victory before them. But behind them was what they knew. And, and what we know oftentimes can latch on to us in such a way that we don't let go of it and it won't let go of us. But God is calling you something greater. Tell somebody, God is calling you to something greater. Your best is before you. We think our best is behind us. Because we like to remember this. Remember the good old days. Like, like for me, I, I, I like to brag on my athletic prowess. I can go back and say, I, I used to be able to dunk on a 12-foot rim. I, I could high jump over a 6-foot bar. I could, long, I could triple jump 40 and 50 feet. Uh, and I could long jump 20 feet. Man, I was such an athlete. Can't do none of that stuff now. I can barely get the ball in the rim if I dunk it. I, I, I can barely get over a six-foot ball now that if I try to. You know, I can barely run a 11-second, 100-meter dad. I'm lucky if I get a 13-second one. You know, I'm barely as good as I used to be. So I think back, all oh, those were the good old days. But what I'm thinking of is what my success were in the past, not trusting God to give me greater things in the future. A lot of us are holding on to jobs that we don't like. We're in relationships we should not be in. We're in places that we should not be in because we're comfortable here. We've had a little bit of success here. And I, I want to deal with this thing, success, for a moment. A lot of us get, find success in the wrong ways. Because, think about, if I am bad, and I'm known for being bad, and if I'm good at being bad, that's success. Foolishness as it may sound, that's the truth. If I know I can be a class clown and I can make people laugh and I'll get kicked out of class, I don't care if I get kicked out of class because I'm thinking of how successful I will be by I made them laugh. And when I made them laugh, I feel successful because why I did what I, I look, went out to accomplish. I didn't try to get an A, so if I got an A, oh, wait, I, that's, that's good. But if I got an F, I expected that. That's success. That's the trick of the enemy. That he allows you to aim low and stay low, so you expect low. But God wants you to aim high and expect high, so look high. 
Don't settle for less. Don't settle for mediocrity. Don't settle for just being above the bottom, but look for the tippity top. See, I thought I was successful in school by maintaining a C average because that was average. I wasn't bad. I wasn't good, but I was average. So I knew I was all right with no D's or S on my report card. My mom and dad shouldn't be too mad at me. But then I realized how they made me do more homework. I like, aren't you happy? I got to say, yeah, but you should get an A. I like, I ain't getting no A. So I didn't push myself. Not until I got to college, I realized that, wow, I should be pushing myself. I can achieve so much more and learn so much more when I push myself. And that's the thing, that people can tell you what to do. But again, the choice is yours. My mom, my dad told me what to do, but it was my choice to do what they asked me to do. They could, I would, I would not eat my dinner sometimes, so they, the choice was mine. They said, you're going to sit there till you eat it. I said, well, I fall asleep here at the desk. I fell asleep stressed out on the deacon bench. My mom wake me up. I think I'm going to give me something new tomorrow. The food was right there again. Some of us think that we can escape by not making a choice. But you're going to have to make that choice one day. You think somebody else is going to make it for you. You think somebody else is going to magically make it disappear, but it's going to show right back up before you until you overcome it. God has called you to a greater thing, and he's not giving up on you. He wants you to reach your full potential. He wants you to be all that you can be. But you have to make up your mind to conquer that decision and say, Lord, I surrender. I trust you. Because when you surrender to God, you give up your life. Your possessions, your will, and that's the part that you have to sacrifice. You have to choose to surrender. You have to choose to sacrifice. A lot of us surrender, and we allow somebody to have their way, but we don't truly sacrifice. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm glad you asked the question. We don't really give up what we have. We just go through the formalities. I follow you only to this far. I'm going through the motions. Uh, we've been there before. We've been out of that job that we didn't give up the best at our job, but we showed up on time. We left right on time, but we, we, we did the job. But imagine when your passion's behind it, how much more you get. Imagine how much, when you love something, how much more of your time you get. You show up early. Why? Because you want to prepare. You, you stay late because you want to make sure the job is done. You've seen those people who show up early and leave late. You've seen those people that do things that nobody else asked them to do because they will help out somebody else because they want to make sure the job is done. Those are the people that get the raises. Those are people happy no matter what they get paid. Those are people that are happy even as the sun is shining. It's not because they realize that my work is my joy. I enjoy what I am doing. I'm giving all that I have. I'm sacrificing. I realize that I'm willing to give up what I have because I believe in there's something greater. God has put a calling in your life that's bigger than you. And when you're willing to sacrifice what you do have, you see the bigger picture. Elisha is plowing a, a field for him and his townspeople, but God has called him to serve the whole nation. Who is God calling you to serve? What is it that you need to let go of? Look how he's about to let go. He says, Elijah, let me go back and kiss my mom and my dad goodbye. Elijah is willing to sacrifice his house, his vocation, his, his, his consistent 
I'm going to say that again. His consistent, I'm going to say it again, his consistent income (laughs) to go and do something new. A lot of us are in a job that we don't want to be in. A lot of us are in a place we don't want to be in. We're scared to go somewhere else because we're not sure we'll be consistent with our income. We're not consistent. We're not sure we'll be able to have those creature comforts. (laughs) Or have those conveniences because we'll be a stranger in a new place. But when you trust God, you realize that he has already prepared a place for you. When you trust God, you lean onto him and, he will, and you, acknowledge your, you acknowledge his ways. He makes your path straight. When you trust God, you can realize I don't have to worry about anything because he owns a cat on a thousand hill. That means he owns everything. I, I don't have to worry about anything because if he can call the stars out, he can call me. <laughs> if, he can, if he can see me in the darkness, I, I know I'm all right because I'm covered by him. When we know that God is truly in control, it's easy to give up what we're holding on to and ask God to give us more and give us what's better. To sacrifice. Elisha was willing to sacrifice. And then look at what he did too. When he, when he sacrificed, he, he, he willing to burn up what he had. He had a celebration of closing out his past and his birth with God. A lot of us need to throw a party about our past. A lot of us need to burn up some stuff of our past. <laughs> What do you need to burn? What do you need to celebrate from? We, we have testimony times, and people always want to talk about what, what, what you're going through instead of talking about what you've been through. We talk, we testify like this, like guys have done anything. I'm, I'm doing all right, and my job just fired me, and I'm looking for a new job, but God is good, and I, I, I know he'll provide a way some way, somehow, and uh, I'm going to be all right. Y'all pray for me. Here's how the testimony says sound like. I lost my job, but that's all right. God's going to provide. He's more than able. That's a testimony. I'm celebrating our closing job. God got something better for me in the future. I'm all right. It's going to be all right. Because we look, look, it's hard for us to do it now because we are so used to holding on to what we can touch, or what we can feel. Every time I, I, I write out my tithe and my, and for, my, for my offering and everything, I, I don't know what's in my bank, but I trust God that he will provide for me anyway. So I look at it because, look, we go out ex- on expensive dates. On expensive vacations, but we want to limit what we're going to give to God. We tell people we love, oh, I'll give you whatever you desire. Like the moon, I'll give you the moon if you ask for it. But God said, give me your life. Wait a minute, God, hold up now. My, 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 my baby, she can ask for it. My boo, he can ask for it. But Lord, when you ask for my life, that's a, I, I got to hold up a minute because I'm so happy with being me. That's the problem. We're so happy with being us that we don't even know what happiness is. Elisha knew what he had. But yet he had a hope of expecting more from God. He had a hope saying, Lord, this is it, but I'm going to celebrate with my, my family. I'm going to say goodbye to them. I don't know when I'm going to see them again. I'm, I'm going to burn up these oxen and make a sacrifice and, and feed my, my people. Lord, we're going to celebrate this calling you placed on my life. I'm burning up my past, and all I'm doing is looking forward. I, I'm not looking back. I'm, I'm surrendering to you. I'm sacrificing to you, and Lord, I'm ready to serve you. Look what he did after he sacrificed, after he surrendered. It says the next thing he did was he made an axe float in the water. He saw fiery chariots. No, it said he served Elijah. 
All of that happened later. But he said he served Elijah. I want you to really grab this. When God places a calling on your life, it does not mean the next day you're going to be on top of the world. You might have to go through some heartaches, some trials or some tribulations. You're going to have to humble yourself to be exalted. Elisha found out here that, God, I'm willing to surrender to you. I'm willing to sacrifice to you. And I'm willing to serve so I can learn how to lead. I, I, I will wait on your time. Elisha could be having a great expectation. Elijah just got done doing some great things, Lord. Is that what I'm about to do? But no, he had to wait. Tell somebody you have to wait. See, in following God, you have to have patience. You, you have to be willing to endure. God, God is not quick to give you what, you what you think you ought to have, but God will give it to you when you're ready. When you're serving somebody or you maybe be waited on, you've been to that restaurant, right? And, and, we, and we, we grade our waitress and our waiters, don't we? How, how quickly they come when our drink is halfway? They come back in time, oh, this is a good way. They're going to get a good tip. My cup didn't stay empty. Uh, they made sure I had enough chips and dip before, uh, for that for the appetizer. You know how we try to get food before that meal come out. You know, they, they, when they take care of us, we say, oh, they're going to get that tip. They keep on coming back and saying, is everything all right? Because they're serving you. They want to make sure you're doing all right. And catch this, catch this. They don't give it to you until you're ready. Sometimes you've been out there, right? You order your dessert. And you didn't get anything to eat while everybody else did. And they asked you, when do you want your dessert? And you say, you can bring it out with the meal or you can bring it out later. You can do that because they're here to serve you. And they won't bring it until you're ready. A lot of us want God to serve us when we're not ready. Lord, I, I, I know I can do this because I feel I'm ready. Yeah, you feel you're ready, but you're not. Lord, I know I'm ready to go to this foreign land, this foreign place. I feel it in my heart. Well, go ahead. You'll be back here. Because we want to move when we think we're ready, but we're not willing to wait and make sure that God has us ready. Elisha first had to learn from Elijah. Elisha first had to learn how to be humble, how to fully depend on God. Some of us are following the wrong people. Again, we're chasing after the wrong people, thinking they're doing the great things, but we're not following after God. When Elisha went back and realized that God has called him to this commitment, that God has placed this calling on him, it wasn't Elisha. Elisha realized, then, well, Lord, let me learn from Elisha. Lord, let me learn from you. I'm challenging you to make your choice on who you're going to serve. What is it that you need to surrender was it that you need to sacrifice? And that those, usually your first thought is your right thought. <laughs> what you're comfortable with, you might need to let go. What, you're, what you feel co uh, convenient with, you might need to let go. What's common to you might need to let go. You might have to take a pay cut. You might have to take a pay cut. You might have to downsize your house. You might have to let go of some of those extra things you have on your cell phone. You might have to turn off your cake. A lot of things that we are so comfortable we don't want to give up to get what we have. But I'm telling you, when you really let go and you fully depend on God, then just like Elisha, you can see an uh, axe floating on water. Then, like Elisha, you can see fiery 
chariots. They're like Elisha. You can call to God and see water just come up out of the ground. <laughs> Elisha can do these things because he learned to trust in God. This did not happen early in his ministry, but late in his ministry. Elisha didn't have all, all of it all of it together. A lot of times he was unknown, but sometimes people just remember you because they know what God is doing in your life. Like a servant woman telling Naaman, there's a, there's a prophet in Samaria. That can make you whole. I, I want you to understand, when you surrender to God, God will have you doing things that you thought were never possible. God is calling you. But will you respond to the call? Will you, on, on my phone it says you can hold and answer, or in call and answer. Will you end the current call? To answer God's call? Or will you put both on hold to choose which call you're going to keep? God is not forcing, but it's your choice. We learned it from Jesus. He too surrendered, served, and sacrificed. He surrendered his heavenly throne to become human like us. He said, I came to serve and not be served. And John the Baptist said it the best. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus chose to be sacrificed for us. And look at the choice. He was in the garden. He said, Lord, not your will, but I'm sorry, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus showed us the example that, Lord, I choose you over me. I I choose to to go the route you've called me to go, knowing there may be pain, there may be suffering, but I see the glory at the end of the road. I want you to tell somebody, there's glory at the end of the road. Tell somebody else, there's glory at the end of the road. But the choice is yours. Will you choose Jesus today? Do you choose Jesus every day? Because every day, the choice is yours. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, right now we come, Lord, ready to make a choice. Lord, we thank you that you don't force us. But your grace, your mercy, Lord, is so awesome that you allow us one more day. For though we don't deserve today, but you gave it to us anyway. Lord, we think we worked and we deserve it, but Father, Lord, we don't deserve anything. On our best day, Lord, we're nothing but filthy rags before you. Father, but because of your son Jesus, Lord, we are made righteous before you. And Lord, we thank you that you see us through Jesus. Lord, there may be someone here today who does not know Jesus. Who do not, who do not understand the calling on their life through him to be your son, to be your daughter. 